Okay, the the loop back is actually working now. So you know what that means. Uh, people are not going to like this episode. I mean, we're not professional, but we have actual things to say in this episode. So might as well give <laughs> some levity. Hey, listeners. Let's start. I just thought it'd be a good stinger, you know, like, you know, you know, just, you know, just be beginning of the episode. And it's like, hey, listeners, check this out. Discord sounds. Air horn, air horn, air horn, air horn. <laughs> yeah, it's built perfect. In, you know? Yeah. Go yeah, ahead and stop it so we can hurry up and do the clap and get this episode going because it's almost midnight uh, now. Guess we gotta guess we gotta get to the episode, listeners. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know what? Here, hold on. We can we can go ahead and do the clap. Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> the first day on, I was the great spirit. In the second aeon, men knew me as the horn god. Pangenitor, Panthage. In the third aeon, I was the Dark One, the Devil. In the fourth aeon, men knew me not, for I am the Hidden One. In the fifth aeon, I appeared before you as Baphomet, the god before all gods who shall endure to the end of the earth. In this new aeon, I appear to you as C M N. Imagine that there is a brilliant white light just above. Is commentary on the magic art. In the year of the final form, the dawn of birth. Oh, that was very educational. Now magic will take place. Don't be fooled by what. All right, welcome, welcome, everybody. It's Stay Mac and Kennedy here, and this is Chaos Magic News. Um, shit, did you have one? I don't think I had one. Oh, yeah, welcome to Chaos Magic News. We're the show that's not beating any of these accusations. <laughs> As you already heard there, I'm joined today by my athletic and tangy co-host, Dijon Sanders. How, how you doing, Sanders? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. You know, I'm just... I'm just waiting for Sunday, game day, <laughs> and I'm gonna celebrate with uh, with a. Sp- <laughs> oh, the fuck! This is this is like the this what is do the I bare use D- who, What do I use Dijon mustard for? Yeah, you can't even. I, I was almost gonna say ribs, but it's like no, nah, I use yellow mustard for the ribs. This is the bare minimum of comedy you get from a name like that. Okay, it's like. Do you have any gray poupon? Is, is the, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, oh, and you see, you see in yeah. Oh God! What happened? The the. Oh God! <laughs> the the aristocratic consumer. He looks to the other as a status symbol, and he says, "Excuse me, do you have any gray poupon?" And so on and so on. And the gray poupon is a symbol of consumerism elevating 
to social status. We the are Hegelian this episode right <laughs> off the fucking rip. Oh, what the fuck is wrong with us? Yeah, this is way worse than Law and Order last week. Oh man, and the problem is, is that I don't want to oversell it, but we have actual news this week. There's arguably some notable events in the occult community, right? And instead, it's just like two <laughs> tangy mustard jokes at the beginning. <laughs> What the fuck? Sanders is right there. We do actually have relevant news that we're going to save till the end of the episode. If you've been here long enough, you know how the format goes anyway. So before we get to our culture piece, we have to go with our intro topic. And um, this is actually a request from someone else. From from my beloved, actually. <laughs> yeah. So she wanted you to talk about this story on the pod. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's not a terrible idea either. It's a, I guess it's kind of a cute story and it leads to some actual It'll, discussion. Yeah, we, there's, there's a conversation to be had here, but the great anecdote is... So I'm at work the other day, right? And um, I, I made the mistake of mentioning that I had a podcast to a coworker rookie, of mine. Rookie mistake. It was a long story. It was like, I, was like, I said I was really tired because I was up all night and they asked me why I was up all night. I was like, well, I had to edit something and like, well, what are you editing? And like, oh, it's a podcast. And they're like, oh, really? And they started asking me what it was about. So I had to, and I mean, I don't, I'm not ashamed. I don't really care really. So I just kind of told them. I tried to frame it slightly in like a, a more comedic, jovial light. You know, I, I tried to just play up the, the entertainment angle of it because I wasn't trying to have like a big conversation about occultism with some older gentlemen that I work with. Didn't your coworker start asking you your opinions on things about like what you thought about uh, Bigfoot and Stargates? Yeah, yeah. Started asking what I thought about Bigfoot, alien UFO type phenomena, the Illuminati in general. It was... um. Yeah, so it was a fun time as I sat there listening to um, just the the everyday insanity of people, because these were not people that were, you know, super duper into, you know, like going and hunting down cryptids and stuff. Oh, 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 because when you when you told me that, I thought you I thought he was like picking at you like he was making fun of you. But you're saying that this guy was like, no, man, I seen a I seen a Bigfoot. Are you going to talk? You want to talk about that on your show? Right. Yeah. No, that's what I'm getting at. Like, like he very oh. clearly believed in Bigfoot and he started going listen? at it with like explanations for how Bigfoot could like still be real after all the objections that a normal person were, would give you. You were talking to Bob Gimlin. <laughs> this is the same person that was convinced that uh, Danica Patrick, the race car driver, had messaged them on Facebook. <laughs> well, maybe she did. You don't know. You weren't. <laughs> no, there. it was. It was. It would be more likely that it was Bigfoot pretending to be Danica Patrick <laughs> messaging this oh dude. Oh my god, that would. I mean, given that Bigfoot has uh, eluded people for years and years, it would make sense that they're an expert at catfishing. <laughs> um. Anyway, but uh, that same day, right? I get a phone call from my dad. And my dad's just bullshitting with me about the usual sort of things, just talking about what's going on. He's like, oh, I, I took the fence down over here and, you know, we're getting so-and-so to repaint the outside of the shed. Oh, and, and by the I way, I dug a 10 foot trench just to fill it back in because I'm retired and I'm just losing my mind. <laughs> I need things to do. I went to bury the dog. Oh, God. 
but he kept digging himself out. <laughs> right. But out of nowhere, he just starts asking me about, um, because he found out, he, he, he found out from somebody else about my podcast. Who, who told him about the podcast? Um, I can't say who, but someone oh, significant okay. other apparently told oh, them. I, I, I know you're talking. Got it. Okay. It makes no, I, I filled in the blanks now. <laughs> yeah. 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 Someone. So anyway, so uh, just somebody explained to them what I was doing on a podcast and they expressed concern for my soul. Cause my father's a very nice Ooh. Catholic gentleman. And he, he kept bringing up the fact that if you've got, if you believe in good, you have to believe in evil. And it's like, I didn't have the heart. I don't believe to, in either. It's like, yeah, it's like, I don't, I don't know. That's not a thing. But he asked me what chaos magic was because he, he knew what the, the title of the podcast was. And I had to give my dad an explanation of what chaos magic was over the phone while I was at work. What was your explanation? I said it was an agnostic view of paranormal and magical phenomena because that was like the best I could come up with for my dad. My dad's not an idiot or anything, but like, I'm sure if I went into the finer points of any of it, they would have more and more questions. Knowing the type of man your dad is. He, he's very much someone who thinks that reality is reality and that there's, you know, there's one answer to a question and, and that's it, you know? Oh, yeah, so yeah, if, yeah. If, you, if you started expressing the ideas of reality tunnels or belief as a tool, he's like, no, that doesn't make any sense. He's like, no, no, no. Beliefs are, the, you know. Beliefs, beliefs are the stupid make... thing that you have because you can't look at reality like I do. Yeah, yeah. And you know whose fault that is? Them, them damn liberals. Exactly. I guess you're lucky he hasn't found Jordan Peterson or anything. Cause then he, if he got the three lines of like why this is all postmodernism's fault, he, you know, he'd harp on that. <laughs> uh, well, again, that's the problem. He's not like an idiot. He knows what postmodernism is. He knows what Marxism is. He knows these things. Like he doesn't know them very well, but he knows what they are. <laughs> yeah. It's Groucho. He's just like, he's one of those people that he, he was kind of counterculture when he was younger. And as he grew older, became more and more conservative at this point, you know, he just thinks that like, he's still the counterculture, you know, like that's the problem. Yeah, like he's, he's he still, still thinks he's the, yeah, he's the one still rebelling by like, you know, watching Fox news be like, man, you know, yeah. the funniest late night show is that gut fell. <laughs> Boy. Wow. Well. Anyway, the, the point of this conversation was not to talk about my father. It's it talking about a, my dad. <laughs> your dad was the milkman, and you don't know who he is. I'm just looking around for a guy uh, about yay high. Looks in a way. <laughs> has looks, an appearance. You know what I mean? <laughs> I believe it was a man. <laughs> uh anyway um but no okay. it was it was to discuss the idea of how do you deal with you know being a big old spooky woo woo like how do you deal with it like how do you manage it in the sense of do you just tell people that they ask do they do you uh, try to hide that shit from people do you try to do what i do where you sort of play it in a better light to whoever you're talking to just because well i mean 
And I guess that's my thing. It's like, it's not really, I, I don't do that part because like I'm ashamed of being a big old spooky woo woo. It's more of just like, cause I don't want to talk. You know, we made that joke uh, before we were talking about like talking to your coworkers about Kabbalah and shit like that. We, I can't really yeah, remember yeah. what the joke was about. I, I do have a life that's outside of magic in my occult practices. And I don't really just want to like talk to some random fucking 45 year old dude that I work with about fucking occultism. If he wants to pry into my thoughts on weird stuff, like I'll give him something that's going to be at least mildly entertaining to him, but I'm not going to have a serious conversation about this stuff with him because he's not really capable of a serious conversation about it. It's not your place to initiate anyone into magic. You do not have to educate anyone. <laughs> well, not, I mean, I, I get, I get the I'm, joke I'm just making, making the joke, but, but no, but genuinely it's like, it's weird, right? It's a weird thing to be like, oh, well, if you want to ask me about magic, I'll just start explaining it to you. I have right the now. problem where I, I meditate at work, right? Where it's like, I'll say, hey, I'm going to go take 15 and, and I'm going to go meditate or, or something like that. You know, I'll be back. And people already kind of look at you like you've got two heads. When you're in a certain type of work of, you know, particularly blue collar working environments, people don't understand that. What what's the point of meditating? And it's like, I always just joke and say, it's so I don't beat your ass, you know, so I don't so I don't flip <laughs> out because you guys are because y'all are aggravating, you know, that sort of thing. But if somebody asks why I'm meditating, I'm not gonna sit there and try to talk to them about sunyata. <laughs> well, you see, there's there's qualified existence there's qualified unexistence and there's qual you know it's like no like you're not having that that conversation with somebody about the the dharmakaya or anything you know nobody cares they don't they're not gonna understand it and if they do then quite frankly you you'd know already yeah right like <laughs> who's gonna sit there and go through the effort of being like acting normal instead of like Unless you're there, it's a secret Zen master where he's like, why are you meditating? When I try to give him the answer, he just, he bops me over the head. Fucking, um, Billy Bob just come I'm like, what you meditating for? You're like, Billy Bob, it's just part of my, um, spiritual practice. Oh, so it's a spiritual practice for you then, huh? <laughs> what about, so is it a doing or is it a happening? Which vehicle do you prescribe? <laughs> Who's your root guru? <laughs> magic is this is the same way. In fact, magic's harder to explain because at least you can fall back on like, oh, well, you know, like if with meditation, it's you just be like, oh, I'm a Buddhist, you know, something like that. Because then they it's like, oh, that's his religion. Well, you He's also have you also have like the mindfulness aspect of it, too, where like a yeah, lot of people yeah. can like view that shit sort of like separated from any of the sort of thing. Because we have so much of it say, in oh, our It just society. makes me calmer and more focused and blah, blah, blah. Right, but yeah, that's, yeah. But the point is, is that, you know, if they saw me doing the 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 pentagram, you know, the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, now it's like, oh, you're definitely going to hell. <laughs> or, you know, or not even that. They might just be like, oh, he believes in magic. What a nut. Those are the two sides of it. It's either like, oh my God, devilly shit, he's going to hell. Or it's like, oh, this dude actually believes in this shit. What a fucking nerd. Don't cast magic missile on me, bro. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, I I won't pretend that like, if, if somebody's like laughing in your face going, ha ha, you believe in magic, you know, you, you're probably going to have a little bit of a tinge of like, oh, man, really, we're having this conversation. Great. But, you know, I, I'm not ashamed to admit that I've got kooky beliefs. It's just if for me to sit down and try to explain them to people, it's like, well, shit, how much time do we have? And the fact is, I don't 
feel the urge to explain it, you know? Yeah. Well, it, I feel like every time I've had like even anything close to that sort of moment. Oh, in fact I do because, um, I recently got a tattoo colored and it's a tattoo that has um some spiritual metaphysical significance to me. And I was asked by my coworker to explain it. And instead of actually explaining it, because I was like, I don't have the time or the ability. I just sort of rattled off some like bad mythological symbology type stuff at him. Like, you know, like that, that's enough of a reason. Cause I can't be like, yeah, well, Babylon, you, right. <laughs> you know, well, that's, that's when you fall back on stuff like, you know, this goes back to a conversation we had, you know, episodes and episodes ago about sometimes you got to talk to somebody on the level that they're at. And if, if they're on the level where it's like, if I give you some Jungian bullshit that I don't really believe, but you'll buy it and then I can keep moving on, you know? Right. Or right. if I, if I know that that's not going to work, I can fall back on like, something simpler or in a, and if I really don't think you're going to get it, I'll be like, Oh, I just thought it looked, you know, like the tattoo, for example, it's like, I just thought the tattoo looked cool. Well, that was like the slow, the slow descent to it because like I made a comment that it was like, Oh, it just kind of looks cool. It's a thing. And he was like, Oh, you, you really just got a tattoo. Cause it looks cool. And I had to be like, well, not exactly, but you know, it's, uh, yeah. Well, I have, uh, I, I have like the Lovecraft elder sign on my arm. And then I have uh, the the cover of Lieber Null on the other arm. And those are like the only two tattoos I have that you can really see because they peek out under my shirt sleeves. Of course, those are the two that are probably the most difficult to explain if anybody asks about them. <laughs> I, at least the Lovecraft one, you can just be like, oh, it's from a book. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's actually what I said about Lieber, the, the Lieber Null cover, too, where it's like, oh, it's, it's just a book I like. And most people don't want to hear about the book. <laughs> I don't, right. I, I've never had anybody ask like, oh, well, what's the book? Because then I have to, <laughs> it's like, oh, it's called Lieber Null. And it's like, well, what, what's it about? It's like, it's about this guy named Null <laughs> and he runs a, he runs a website <laughs> where they harass uh Christian. <laughs> what's a Christian? Oh boy. Now we really don't have time. <laughs> uh. The book of Null. <laughs> What I was trying to get to there, I think, um, was just that any time that I've really had to try to explain it, it just sort of turns into this weird feeling of like they think I'm explaining my religion to them or something, essentially. Like that's just the, the same level that they put it on. Mm hmm. You might as well have said, I, you know, believe in a, a big spaghetti monster or. Yeah, like, you know, any other kind honestly, of. Honestly, like that's what it, I feel like it turns into. The worst that they're probably going to say most of the time is that it's like, oh, yeah, it's kind of wacky and cringe. Like. It's like um, Hinduism or, you know, like paganism. Like those are that those are their comments. Like they're not going to be like this person is actually crazy and they need to be locked up in an asylum. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's gonna be the only way that they'd be able to be like this person's actually crazy and is a danger to themselves is if they were like smart enough to actually get what I was talking about, which most of them aren't. Mm, mm. Boy, you're uh, you're a real man of the people. <laughs> Well, I don't I, think I, it's, I don't think it's, it's not because they're really dumb. Don't. It's just because it's like, yeah, no, 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 no. That's what you're saying. You're saying everybody isn't as smart as me because I read Heidegger. I get it. <laughs> you're an asshole and you hate the common man. No, for real, it's not that, the problem is, is that most of these people, it's not that they're not smart enough. It's that they don't care. It's the same way that it's like, uh, you're, it's not that I think that you're dumb. 
that I'm not going to explain how a combustion engine works. I just know that isn't your wheelhouse and you don't care. You want the car to start. <laughs> um, and you know what? I, I, I feel like I want to argue. No, 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 no. I, I want to argue this because like, I, 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 I think it's, it's a little of both obviously, but I really do think you that think you think I you're think so it, smart. I, Cause I read Moby Dick. I read Herbert Dreyfus. I read books. <laughs> yeah. I read. Yeah. Look at me. Look at me. Just because some of us choose to read the Archie Comics omnibus because, man, Jughead really does love hamburgers. You think you're so much better than me. <laughs> His dog is named Hot Dog, man. Um... What do you think of the whole, like, coming out of the broom closet thing? Now that I do actually have something to say. I'm smarter than everyone. <laughs> so oh when I come... <laughs> no, I'll start. I'll stop. I'll stop. When I come, it's into the broom closet. Oh, my God. I swear there's actual news at the end of this, guys. <laughs> no, um, I think for the most part, it it doesn't benefit most of us to be too up for, like there's nothing wrong with keeping your mouth shut around people who don't care or aren't going to get it so like you know it, it, when people are like oh i'm in the broom closet and it's like well what is what does that mean does that mean you hide it with a fervor does that mean you won't admit to anybody or does it mean you just sort of like don't address it because it's really nobody's business <laughs> if you talk about it with people that are you're, that you can trust with it, then you're not really in the broom closet, are you? You're just, you're not broadcasting it. And you're not under any obligation to put like, uh, to put the universal hexagram on your shirt and walk around with it, you know? I uh, See, it's a weird thing because I, I'm debating on, I'm debating if I want to try actually compare it to like being in the closet, like, you know, as a queer mm, person. Because it doesn't really feel like it's the same thing to me like that's my, that's I, part of my that's my biggest problem with it i think is that it's like it's using the analogy and i feel like there's not really it's not really a good analogy in the slightest yeah it's like i'm I'm sure there are parallels to be drawn but they it's it's hard it's not a one for one and there isn't a whole lot of substantial maybe if you're in a community that will brand you a a devil worshiper and you will be seriously ostracized for it but that probably won't happen i think people are probably more willing to hear that oh i'm a witch before they're willing to hear you're gay like some people still that's still a problem for some people which seems crazy but you know it's the world yeah. we live in still and i you know i get we we ramp up on satanic panic all the time whenever we see it because we're always like yeah hey don't oh, forget they man, will fucking kill you for being a dumb spooky woo woo yo when the when the ball drops, you know, when when shit goes down, that can get your ass in fucking prison. And people have gone to prison. But oddly enough, the problem is, is that it's never actually it's well, I won't say it's never, but generally it isn't actually people that are spooky woo woo at all <laughs> that are getting swept up. It's like, you know, it's people like the people that ran that daycare that were accused of being Satanists. And there was like, this was based yeah, or on Damien Eccles who yeah. got way more spooky afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, but still, I think, you know, I think they, my biggest thing really is though, that like the, the coming out of the broom closet, like some people feel enough of it. They feel like it connects to their identity enough that they have to let people in their lives know. 
Mom, Dad. I'm, I'm a, a high druid. priestess. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah, same joke, you know, but yeah. No daughter of mine is going to be sacrificing cattle. <laughs> I was just thinking the druid thing, and it's like, no son of mine's going to turn into a, a one-eighth combat form. <laughs> oh, God. Terrible. You better roll your damn initiative. How come everyone's dad in this is just having, like, the dumbest voices <laughs> in the world? I don't know. We didn't do a single voice for your dad, though, so mission accomplished. I was definitely doing a voice. <laughs> That's how my dad talks. <laughs> anyway, um, it reeks of being, like, a born-again Christian for me. <laughs> or a vegan. Like, you really got to tell everyone you're saved. Or, you know, right. So, or you, you don't want... eat meat. <laughs> Well, it can definitely be sh it can definitely be used as like a showy look at me, and I don't think most people use it like that. But I also think most people don't feel the need to strap a, a pair of devil horns on them and say, "I read a book by Levy." <laughs> Everyone, pay attention to me. I'm so smart. You wouldn't get it. <laughs> I'm super mediocre, Kennedy, and I read a book. I regret everything about Podcast this episode. over. <laughs> Fuck me. Okay. Does that, that mean that... we gotta... Oh, man. What? I get harangued for the whole intro. Yep. And now I have to sit through you doing your bit once again. What bit is that? You know the one. Is it the one where I get to ask? <laughs> I probably just clipped the shit out of the mic when I did that. It hurt so bad. <laughs> What's in the news? Come on, give me the headlines. I have to pull them up now, but did you, you heard the last episode, right? Yeah, where you were doing addendums. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, no. You're talking about the voice modulation. Yeah, the vocoder on the what's in the news. Yeah, yeah. You're an absolute genius. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I had thought of that myself. Maybe I would have if I had read a book. <laughs> All right. So what is actually in the news? Look at me. Look at me. I'm <laughs> Soundmaker Kennedy, and oh I read God. a book. <laughs> we could start talking about the Republican uh, nominee debate that nobody watched because uh, no Trump. No Trump, no stars. Again, it's really... The, the thing that really stuck out to me more than anything was how little variation of ideas there actually were. And the ones that did have big variations were just dumb. Uh, which I, I, I don't remember which one said it, but it was like, we need to find common ground on abortion. And you, you said the best thing. It's like, we already did. <laughs> and then you struck down Roe v. Wade. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? That was Nikki Failey. Yep. Nikki Failey. Uh, Nikki Faley, uh, she's she's not going to be president, folks. I just hope you know There's that. There's another one, Will Will Hurd, who uh, is basically just a CIA guy. It's like, well, the last president that was really that worked for the CIA was, you know, funding death squads, so he's probably <laughs> out. <laughs> Ramaswamy, he was he he literally was just there to either be like Trump's VP. He's an also ran. Yeah, yeah, These are, yeah. These are all also rans. Like, who's yeah. got a fighting chance? Like, nobody. It's going to be Trump. It's like, why be tr are you even doing this? 
Trump or bust. And like if and the other thing is that the only way any of them stand a chance is if he is somehow forced to drop out, which if he's got he'd any have to sense be like in shot in the head. What are you talking mm, about? I think he'd I think he'd still run. I think he'd still run. <laughs> I think they'd still vote for him. Well, I mean, like, let's just be honest. There's a subset of the population. You know, I won't say all of them, but some of them, if you said Trump died, they would say he was still alive. And he's coming back. Yeah, and yeah. he's going to come back. I mean, like a like an action movie revenge comeback, not like Jesus comeback. I think there's only like three people that think Trump would come back like Jesus. Only three? Bullshit. Nah. You got to pump those numbers up. Realistically, if if Trump just say he he puffed up in a cloud of smoke and disappeared DeSantis or Pence and I'm pretty sure no DeSantis I think is it would it would either be DeSantis or Vivek Pence really? Pence and Sanchez okay I haven't looked at poll numbers but well I think they're all bad I think everyone does terribly I know I know Ramaswamy did better after the debate obviously like he was the standout of the debate yeah, but, but like one, if, still, you, if you went from a 1% to a 2%, you doubled, but you're still only 2%. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, at the very best, he's like still third. DeSantis took a hit from the In fucking the debates. <laughs> he just stood there and didn't do anything like the whole time. So like he didn't do good, froze, but like it also Mitch didn't. McConnell. <laughs> McConnell froze again. That's a news thing. They, they had to. I'm I'm telling you, he he peed himself. He's old. He realized he he wasn't paying attention. He wasn't realizing, it, and he's like, "Oh, now I'm pissing on myself," and that's why somebody just you know ushered him away. He's like, "Oh, I got I I got pee in my drawers. That's not um, good." This last time, apparently, someone like asked him a question. He didn't respond. They had to like kind of drag him back to to earth. They didn't like walk him away this time, but they kind of like, "Hey, hey, oh, senator." Okay. And then they oh. asked it again. He still didn't like understand it. And then one of his aides had to repeat it to him. And he answered after that. So oh, I think, well, I think he is actually, losing maybe it. He just, maybe he just can't fucking hear. No, because if, even if you can't fucking hear, you would have enough sense not to just be like standing there. He's been doing this for <laughs> a billion you? fucking years, right? That's like, that's he knows true. how he this should. goes. Like if he would be freaked he the fuck out, say, if he was ever sitting at that podium, not hearing anyone ask him any questions. Well, actually, now that I say that he would, maybe that was it. He was terrified because he didn't realize he was losing his hearing yet. And he's like, they're not saying anything. Oh God, what's about to happen? <laughs> they're just staring and circling <laughs> quick. Don't, don't blink. They can sense fear. <laughs> oh, Mitch, God. how are you going to get out of this one? Oh, Mitchy boy. The hens are coming to roost. <laughs> um, well, you know, there's one thing I'll say as far as the headlines. We haven't really been doing a whole lot as far as the sort of magic perspective. So is it fair to say that there is a possibility that somebody has uh, cursed McConnell? Uh, like all the magic is like catching up to him after all these years? Yeah, maybe. You know, actually, Carol had a neat thing that talking about people of uh, prominent social status. And it's like and sometimes you'll see when the turn happens. And they lose that protection of like that, that weird force field that all this idolization puts up around them. As soon as they lose that, they just crumble because all the, all the, the, all the bad juju that was being thrown at them can finally hit. <laughs> that's kind of maybe awesome. That's, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe what's, that's happening. what's happening to Mitch. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that would explain like, cause he just keeps, you're, you're right. Cause he keeps just having terrible things happen to him 
over and over. Yeah. You know, his face looked like hamburger meat for like a month and a half. It didn't look great to start with, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, his hand was all black and swollen up like someone had like thrown him in some fucking plague juice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely nuts. Trump surrendered to the police. We talked about that in the last episode. Um, so far. Uh, oh, wait. Actually, yeah. This is because I was going to go into the idea of the uh, conservatives ongoing legal problems as a as a movement, not as like political faction, but as a movement, because the Proud Boys, multiple of their guys are finally getting sentences and they're they're not light sentences either. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, they're getting I, smashed. I fully thought. Yeah, I fully thought that this was going to be like, ah, you get out times. I mean, because the 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 Q shaman got off with like very little time. But then, like, these Proud Boys, they're getting, like, you know, 10-plus years. I think it might be because the, um, well, one, because of the somewhat light sentences of the early folks. Mm -hmm. And right. also because, let's just be honest, the, the political climate has shifted a bit. We're, um, we're a little more willing to just be slapping big, uh, big times on people, and I can't imagine why. It's, it's almost like someone would benefit from looking like they were hard on these people. Mm. Like I can't imagine who, mm. but you know, the somebody, idea of like a bunch somebody. of proud boys getting thrown in jail for a while. And like, mm. you know, who, who gets to take credit for that sort of thing? Like, you know, of course the prosecutors and the judges and stuff, but like, like, is there like a single like figure that you could like use as like an amalgamation for like all the things done by a political regime at one point? Like or, in the American perhaps, system, uh, maybe this would serve as a win that could help distract from other controversial goings ons of somebody. I don't, I'm not sure who exactly, but like somebody is clearly like someone clearly benefits from this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like if, weird. if you had weird. like a weird situation where you're <laughs> like someone you care, I don't know, like someone you care about, like, um, was smoking crack with a, and, a, and had a laptop, and, yeah, yeah. and they're, they're all sorts of shady business. Yeah, yes, this is about Rob Ford. <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay, and, and I will say counterpoint. The I believe the difference between some of these is that a lot of this is like these are just fuckers that were there outside the buildings and then walked in and you know was like, look at me, I'm in the Capitol. I'm smarter it, than you. I didn't compared, read a book. <laughs> <laughs> compared to the Proud Boys who. Uh, at least according to the, at least the prosecution make the claim that it's like these people were planning armed insurrection. <laughs> and that's the rub. It's like, right. You, know, you just sort of showed up and put your feet on a desk. And I believe the guy that put his feet on Pelosi's desk even got a pretty hefty sentence. Yeah. I but, think he uh, got a, He got a couple of years at least. Yeah. But like, you know, proud boys. And I guess it's interesting that it took this long, you know, considering that this was the start of the Biden administration and it's about to be, an election year so either way it's like so I, I i won't try to say that it's like oh they're doing this purely because it somehow makes somebody look better you know it's like it's nothing is ever that cut and dry i'm sure there's an element of that though i know um the trumpster was trying to delay his trial like as much as possible but come on oh, like, and that was the that was the point that i was actually getting at when i brought up trump surrendering to police in the first place if you're looking at these trial dates Maybe the idea is we'll keep him going in and out of courtrooms and he won't have time to campaign. I mean, but why do you every time you say Trump went to court in the news, everyone on his side is already going animal for it. So what's it fucking matter? Stop. You're making him look cool. Yeah. 
in a way, you know, it's the, you're trying, you keep trying to fight against this current and all the resistance does is serve to embolden the thing you're fighting against. I don't know. It's like, would it be better? I think people were floating this right at the beginning where it's like, would it have been better if we all literally just ignored Trump? And I'm not saying it would have, but maybe this vampiric tendency to turn attention in any, you know, he's the embodiment of uh, all publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the fucking philosopher's stone just transmuting all that fucking bad press. He turns your wines into (laughs) wine. Uh, And then the last little blip of like, you know, a uh, conservative darlings having to go to court. Kyle Rittenhouse is being sued by uh, one of the people he shot (laughs) (laughs) or well, rather by the estate of the person of one of his uh, victims. Uh, I believe that the headline I saw referred to it as a state of criminal he shot in self-defense to be like. They really just plopping their nuts on the table and being like, yeah, that were a criminal. They deserved it. It was self-defense. Fuck them. This was a bad person who deserved what they did. And now they have the nerve to sue poor little Kyle. But at the very, you know, it's like this man lost his life. And uh, it wouldn't be the first time that somebody got away with murder on a legal front and then had to go to uh, a civil suit. So uh, that will probably be interesting. But at this point, the kid's got so much backing, he's going to have top-notch lawyers all the way. So it'll just it'll probably just come down to who's in that courtroom, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it, well, and, and lawsuits are a way different animal. It's, it's going to be the a very different... Of, uh, you know, was he, is he liable for these deaths? And it's like, I, to me, that's going to seem pretty cut and dry where it's like, you know, he, he shot the guy, you know, probably liable. <laughs> But I don't, I don't know. That's, it won't be my decision to make. But it's interesting because you look on the, the, the Democratic end or the left-leaning end, and, and you're not seeing any of this. And uh, I guess it makes it very easy to start going like, hmm, maybe the criminal justice system. I'm not, I'm not saying this is what I think. I'm saying that if you are on the, the right end of the spectrum, you have all of the ammunition you need to reinforce this idea that the criminal justice system is systematically attacking your people because Joe Biden wants to hide his uh, crack rock Ukraine-China dealings. <laughs> Is there anything else worth talking about? Oh, there's loads of headlines. Did you hear about the, um, the kid in Colorado that got thrown out of class for having the don't tread on me uh, flag patch? That's so stupid and lame. Some some teacher of his was like, it has origins in slavery and he got kicked out and then he was like, no, it's not. And they had to let him bring it back into school. It's very dumb. I don't I don't know. And it's just like it's it's not like it's a swastika, you know, it's it's (laughs) it's it's mostly a thing for it's it's a just a widely accepted libertarian. And this was what a high school or you said high school. Uh, He's like 12. So. In middle school? Yeah, that's exactly when you become a libertarian. <laughs> yeah. So he's not quite sense. Ayn Rand Let's... libertarian yet, but he's getting there. I, I hate to be like this, but genuinely, part of figuring out what your beliefs are is that, like, you know, going through a lot of different ones. And, like, you know, you're 12 years old. That, that kid barely understands the, the full ramifications of his beliefs, but he's got fi- to start somewhere. He might be embarrassed by this whole story by the time, probably by the time he's 16, 
let alone 18, 20, 30. Yeah, no, I, if hope. nothing else, because it, it it's always good to get one over on fucking sensitive administrative people, you know? Yeah. Like, come on, let's just be honest. Schools are lame, man. <laughs> Listeners, if you got to go to school, you just tell your teachers to... I, I don't know. Oh, God. Say, I got all my learnings from Chaos Magic News. <laughs> <laughs> if there's uh, anybody under... Listeners, if you're I, old I enough be to be in school still, like, go go, go to bed. Just grow up. <laughs> if there's anybody under 20 listening to this, I'll, I'll be shocked. <laughs> I think we probably skew very closer to, like, that 25 to 35 range. I, I would suggest that we're probably about that, like, 28 to, like, 44 demographic yeah yeah that's probably about right and then just and just one 60 year old just one our our lone 60 year old listener who's like these boys are genius (laughs) i'm so glad i stopped listening to the info wars these boys (laughs) telling the truth (laughs) and they ain't trying to sell me one super male vitality <laughs> yeah, what is going on with Burning Man? Because it was like I know there was like protests for people that were trying to get to Burning Man, and now there's people that are just stuck there because of the storms. Yeah, they were <laughs> just, hit with like massive amounts of rain, and now it's just like a giant, dangerous ass mud pit. Did it stop the burning? Uh, I think the burning had already happened. I don't know. Oh, okay. It's Either like- way, I do think it's very funny that like a large group of people got together with the idea of lighting something on fire and then got rained. Yeah, that's what you get. <laughs> Stop burning shit. Most of the country's on fire right now. <laughs> you insensitive pricks. Party. Ooh, man, it's like just like a nine-day party. It's like, well, yeah, you don't need to light a big... You don't need to do Wicker Man for that. <laughs> Relax. Calm down. Just do the drugs out in the desert. <laughs> you can just you do the drugs. drugs in the desert. It's fine. Yeah, yeah you don't have to. You, you don't, don't have to justify it with a show for people. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Because we're going to do drugs in the desert. We're going to have some cool lights. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a whole thing. Um, You ever been to anything like uh, Burning Man? No, not at all. Would you consider going to something like that? Would a... Would a because uh, I remember we were talking about what what's the what, what's that big polemic? Ba- it's like Babylon Rising or some shit like that. What's it called? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Babylon Rising, the the festival. Yeah, we were talking con. about maybe going to that, which seems like you know that could be like a fun type thing. You know, I, I I used to go to music festivals and I've never really had a profound magical experience at them, but the, you know maybe there's a you know it's it's a pilgrimage type thing there it, there could be some good stuff there oh yeah well i mean if if we ever get to the point where we could just be like hey burning man's coming up and just go do the chaos magic news episode at burning man i wouldn't say no to that i honestly wouldn't say oh, no to doing to- like a dumb live episode or a dumb um like documentary episode of us like walking around something recording us talking and shit i'd totally be down oh we that. do like we do like whole newsman shtick Oh yeah, exactly. Like that. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, uh, and to more of the uh, the the legal troubles of conservatives, Governor Kemp refuses to remove the uh, DA Willis. <laughs> oh man, because they were like that was their response. Like we're gonna just remove the attorney general or the the district attorney rather. That's uh, that pro- that 
did the the, the charges. So it's like it, it's but obviously she's corrupt because she filed charges against Trump. And then Governor Kemp was just like, nah, fam. Here's the thing, like listeners, if you're not from the area, I, I lived in Georgia for quite a while. It's like Brian Kemp is a hardcore Republican fucking loser. Like he is. He is every bit of like the Trumper. Like when he announced he was running for governor, he went on TV with a sawed off shotgun saying, I am the politically incorrect candidate. Like, you know, he's he's one of these people. So the fact that he like was straight up like, you're going to try to remove my people. Fuck. No, you ain't. He he can't be governor again. And I don't I I, I know in in Georgia, it's like two consecutive terms. So I guess. Maybe he can like stop and then go again or something like that. I have to find the, the finer details. Right. But he way, knows he he's not run. like running for yeah, reelection. He, he's not running again. So I guess he is, uh, you know, in, in the face of that, he's able to just sort of do what he wants. And I guess he, he looked at this and is like, nah, this nonsense has gone on far enough. It wouldn't be good for him if he went along with it anyway, because if you know that they're not going to find any evidence to prove the kind of fraud that they're saying happened then you're just going to look bad because you went along with a farce. So yeah, and honestly, you let just, them. And also, you know, you let someone who is not the governor of the state just bust in and tell you how to run your fucking state. So I guess, you know, uh, it's, I, I don't agree with this man on much of anything I'd imagine, but you know, good for you. You, you didn't, you didn't let somebody just make you roll over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thousands rally in Niger seeking withdrawals of French troops. You know, we already went over the coup that happened over there. And um, yeah, the French, they ain't leaving. They're just, they're, they're there. When we first talked about it. We were just sort of like, man, military got pissed and sort of took it over. But at the same time, this could, in a way, this, this could be closer to the will of the people than what we had at the time, especially if they're trying to kick the French out. <laughs> This is sort of just, you know, anti-colonialism, anti-imperialism. It's probably not going to be pretty, but at the same time, like, get rid of them Frenchmen. I probably don't know enough to have an informed opinion, but I, I guess I'm willing to entertain both or the, not, not just the either or, but all the, the views in between. There's, I'm sure there's a lot to be said about it. I don't feel the need to go and say, oh, this is absolutely a bad thing or this is absolutely a good thing. It's probably not pretty, and I, I hope that the violence doesn't get completely out of hand, but it probably will because war ain't pretty. I'm in agreement with you because, like, the only thing I know about it comes from, like, reading the various articles that I've seen since this started. It's not, it's a confusing game. You're just never going to get a cut and dry this side punches babies and throws poodles off of roofs, you know? <laughs> It's like both sides are probably going to have big glaring issues. And uh, I don't know. I just don't know the finer points of this. If you are looking at the idea of like, hey, French military, get the hell on, you know, that that could very I could see tons of people going, hey, that's anti-imperialism. Hey, that's anti-colonialism. Just kick them the hell out. And they're going to be like, yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. What else we got? Um, We're getting a lot of news about another covid variant going ham and people saying we should probably start masking up and stuff. We're not going to do that. Yeah, no, there's no way. No one's going to end up doing it. Like, and it's not yeah. even like a vaccine's fake, COVID's fake, don't wear a mask, you're a sheeple. I just don't think people have the mental wherewithal to do that shit again. 
Oh, they're not going to do it again. We're no. too desensitized. Like, we, they don't care. Yeah, nobody... Well, they've also shown that they don't give a damn because it's like last time this stuff happened, it's, it, you know, what was the thing we kept saying? Nah, you can't go to the movies. Nah, you can't go visit your grandma. But you know where you can go? To work. That's what I was about to say. Like, the working class is completely desensitized to it because we've all been fucking out there going to work and doing stuff since this shit started. Like yeah, none of us got for, time off thrilled for if, if you had a job where you work with your hands in any shape or form, or even not even just did, did you do not like just physical labor, but if you did anything that most that actually required like being on site for something, COVID didn't change shit except make your life a little more inconvenient when you weren't at work. They're all the, all the office folks that got to work for home. I'm honestly, I'm very happy for those people. Right. But the but. thing is, is that a lot of, <laughs> I know I didn't get that luck and I don't mean to be like, Oh, woe is me. But it's like, I didn't get that luxury. I got COVID. <laughs> you know, I, somebody coughed around me and I literally looked at one of my coworkers and said, this is it. This is how I get COVID. And then it was like two, three days later. Yeah. Like that's just, just like, fuck, that's just man. the reality of the situation is that like so many of us had some to people, just keep some going got through to stay, it. Yeah. And some people got to stay home, baking bread and doing shit. And then some of us had to, some of us just had to go get infected and that's it's that problem of like yeah should should people be wearing masks should we be taking steps yeah but we're not going to do anything meaningful to take care of the people that are vulnerable to it and the government isn't going to step up and try to to do anything they're definitely and, not going to start giving out money like they did last time either and, and overall even sometimes when they tried to do these lockdowns they got shown they were ineffective and I won't argue like, oh, the lockdowns didn't work. I think they just weren't enforceable in a meaningful way a lot of the time. Right. So then it just fell the fuck apart, you know? Yeah. So new COVID variant, man, that really sucks. But there will probably be nothing done about it. It's uh, called Eris, apparently. Everybody touch your face. <laughs> touch your face for Discordianism. Why the fuck would you name it Eris? Why are you tempting fate like that? Because they don't know, man. They just don't know. They should fucking know. Oy. All right. Is there anything else? I feel like this news segment was like really heavy on like the big eye catchy dumb news. And we didn't get much of the uh, we didn't get a lot of like the weirder fun ones that we normally do. But yeah, I don't know what else we can like go. One oh, Jimmy Buffett died. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's very sad. I don't have anything to... Um, well, I, I'm just going to play a song right here. That'll that'll do it. I'm just looking for a spot on the beach. Now these are keywords that I used to make my fan base go crazy. Don't I showed you that, right? No. Oh, God. I posted it in the group chat. It's um, it's one of the Neves Gaming guys. Uh, ironically enough, it's the one that died earlier this year. Oh, that's sad. It's not a, it's not a direct parody. It's not like a weird owl parody, but it's like a, it's a, it's just making fun of cheeseburger in paradise. Why? It's already like, it's already funny. I don't know. It, 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 it's clearly written by someone that thinks like Jimmy Buffett fucking sucks. And like, I, I, I think Jimmy, I think Jimmy Buffett has a sort of quaint hokey charm. So. Oh, so do I, but I also, I'm not above people being made fun of. Yeah, yeah, it's it's no. I just mean like the like you're making fun of him by the things that def, that like it's like yeah, that's that's why I showed up here. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It's, it, you know what it is? It's the Weird Al Dare to be Stupid thing. You created the ultimate Jimmy Buffett song. <laughs> you exemplified all of the things that made me love him in the first place. <laughs> anyway, uh, no. Um, so, yeah, I guess we need a parrot headline, don't we? Yep, we certainly do. Do you have one? Uh, not off the top of my head here. Let me look around. Let me see. This isn't really a, a, a parrot headline, but this is maybe something worth talking about. The writers, the SAG-AFTRA, you know, writer's strike type stuff has now gone to the video game industry. Really? So the entire entertainment complex is grinding to a halt, and uh, I'm all for it because when labor, when labor sticks its hand in the pockets, it's got the bosses beat. That's great to hear because I heard somebody rant today about how fucking the uh, Hollywood bullshit people don't need money and how dare they go on strike right now when they haven't come up with an original idea in years. And like, who the fuck, who do you think is the one striking? Yeah. They, George Clooney is striking. (laughs) He just said, you know, he, he just said, I want another billion for my movie or or I'm going to have a fit. So yeah, it's, it's silly. People get the complete wrong idea about this. And there's actually a lot on the line. The standards to use AI for, you know, for actors and for writing and stuff like that, a lot of this is on the table. A lot of the overall quality of life, things like crunch that a lot of these animation studios are going through. And, you know, there's loads of stuff that are, that's on the table that it's like might not even be ad- addressed specifically by this, but this is going to set the tone for all of these problems that are going to be coming down the road in the next five years, 10 years, you know, 15 years. And uh, I'm always I'm always game for anything that is people that are doing the work coming together and making demands, because that's the only way, at least to my understanding of history, that is really the only way things get better for the working class. You know, that's funny. Um, That does lead to another bit of news that I didn't even think I was going to talk about. Disney essentially demanded more money from the cable companies to carry their channels, which is really funny when you think about it. The idea of Disney, who is losing money hand over fist right now. Yeah. Because, you know, t- take your pick, honestly. Just anything Disney's done in the last, like, five years has probably been, like, a bad decision in some regard. It's not just, you know, oh, no, they're woke, obviously. But, like, there are some bad, there were some bad business decisions, bad creative decisions. And it seems a lot more likely that it they've all been from top down this was the executive in the board meeting deciding what to do and telling the creative people what to do and 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 they biffed it hard yeah yeah i don't know if you've ever had to deal with this before because i only knew about it because i dealt with it like a couple years ago when i was over at my parents who still had cable but like i just saw like i turned it to a channel and it was like sorry we don't have this channel right now because something but th- this time, fucking the cable companies were not having that shit. And they're like, Disney has demanded an unreasonable amount of money from us. So <laughs> we have dropped their channels until they will they will be willing to work out an arrangement. But again, until like you want to act right <laughs> like this is it's hilarious. Like Disney, who's been losing money hand over fucking fist, going to the cable companies and being like, you, you, you're the one with the money. <laughs> Who the fuck has cable? We need this money to fight DeSantis. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's it's just just... ridiculous. It's fucking like, you know, of all of of all the ways you think you're going to make some money right now, Disney, you're going to be like, 
Ah, the cable companies. Quick, you you know the boomers need us. Yeah, just a bunch of silly ass shit, man. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking yeah. ridiculous. I think we can safely say we're going to wrap up the news segment. Do you have any parting thoughts? No, no, I think I'm good because um, it's funny, right? Because we're done with the we're done with the news, but we're not we really to... done with the news. Yeah, well, this is more of a, a, a deep dive into a specific story and uh, the the bad actors involved. Well, you've been dipping your toes in this story. Would you like to lay the foundation? All right, I, I can certainly try my best. All right, well, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Love is the law. Love under will. So Thelemites, right? <laughs> <laughs> No story has ever started better. <laughs> hey, everybody. If you want a nice overview of this, Loki's Gazette has a piece called This Story. Links in the metadata. It's very good. So, Thelemites, right? Thelemites have a story tradition of undercutting each other and infighting and doing lots of awful stuff to one another for no apparent reason. So, we're going to talk about... Uh, couple of real fine, fine people that just make you really proud to be part of the extended occult community. There was a woman by the name of Georgia Van Ralt, also known as Georgia Albertus, which uh, I believe is also a Harry Potter character, but <laughs> something like that. Okay. So five years ago, Georgia accused a man named Seth Salem, who was another notable Thelemite OTO person. But Peter Gray also gets caught in the crossfire sort of after the fact, and there's a couple others. But mostly Seth Salem, who Georgia and Seth were in a relationship for a number of months. Uh, they didn't, it didn't go so well. They broke up. Georgia got in another relationship and then accused Seth of sexual assault rape and all kinds of nasty shit and ruined the man's reputation. And, you know, there was a very strong backlash and lines were drawn, sides were picked. Lots of bad things happened. Peter Gray got some heavy criticism for a thing that he published after that wasn't related, but essentially was viewed by Georgia as a rape apologia because of the nature of the sexual magic that was involved. And that was the thing is that the idea is that Seth had used their relationship of a, a magical sexual coupling and used the, the initiatory sex magic process as an excuse to just do sexual assault, which is guys, it's like, I don't even want to fucking touch the awful intricacies, the, the tangled mess of consent and boundaries and this and that and everything else that would go into something like that. It's difficult stuff, you know? I can't imagine. But and the, just to mention it back in the last episode, like, you know, um, magical diddlers again. Yeah, Not to magic, just be so crass yeah, about and, it, and but that's yeah. The problem, like, is, that's it's like, the, yeah, magic diddlers. Just the, the very notion of it already makes me kind of uncomfortable just on the basis of like. Makes your skin crawl a little bit. And to hear that accusation, it makes your skin crawl. You're like, oh, my God, I can't believe someone would do that. 
But here's the thing, listeners. Georgia just released a statement not too long ago that basically says, oh, I was I was wrong. That in, that's not how it happened. This is from a statement by Georgia Van Rolf. Five years ago, I publicly accused Seth Salem of sexually assaulting me. This was not true. I'd like to share for you the story of how I came to spread this untruth with the hope that by doing so, I can clear his name from the infamy to which it has been subject. All right. Five years. There you go. Five Five years. Five years. And that, you know, here's my problem, right? I don't want to come down too hard on this person, but I do. Five fucking years. Five years of saying this person is a rapist. Five years of telling these things. And then you have the nerve to put this little statement up there like, how I, here's the story of how I spread this untruth. You lied. You, I'll tell you how you spread it. You are a liar. <laughs> and she tries to, to basically pawn it off on the partner that she got with after Seth, basically getting in, twisting the story around in her head and saying, you need to come out and speak out against this person or I'll do it for you and I already have and stuff like that. And that's totally fucked. And we'll get into who this mystery person is because she didn't name it, but we all fucking know it. You, yeah. you can figure out we who this all person know. is very quick. Everybody knows, especially because they came out and said, yeah, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> so already passing the buck and saying like, oh, man did bad thing to me, but it was lie because other man did bad thing. (laughs) And and I understand that the entire point of this is that it is taking some responsibility, but it's also this idea of too little, too late. Like what? Five fucking years. And I don't, I don't know enough to comment on this part, but it's probably true. (laughs) Sorry, that's a shitty thing to say. But the, there's the idea that Seth, was a, Seth Salem was a shitty person and that did things and treated people in a way that isn't really fucking kosher. Uh, he's a prominent member of the occult community. So that's almost a standard. <laughs> One, that doesn't justify calling him a rapist. That doesn't justify holding on to it for so long. That doesn't justify letting it go for five years and then coming out and being like, oops, let me clear his name now. And it's like, you've already done so much damage to this person. So now you've, you've damaged this person's ability to be part of the community at all. You probably people, he's probably lost friends. People have probably broken off friendships because they fell on different sides of the line and stuff like this. And it's all because you threw a fucking Molotov into the middle of the occult community on a lie. And now you're coming around after the forest is burnt down, pouring a, like with a, with a little gardening hose, you know, it's like, yeah. And it, it's sickening. It's genuinely sickening. And I, again, this isn't to come to the defense of poor Seth Salem. Cause if, if, if some of the, the, the less rapey things that have been said about him are true, he's still probably not an angel. He's probably not a a guy that I'd like to sit down and have a conversation with. Now the problem is, is that any bad thing that anybody says about this guy, he can just say like, well, just look, everybody, you know, my entire people be lying on me. Yeah. People just be lying on me. (laughs) All I tried to do was do my true will and 
do my little spells and have conventions with people and say neat things. And then they just say mean lies about me and ruin my reputation because they're all jealous and this, that, and the other, you know, it's all well, justification. And, and, and that goes back to what we were talking about last episode, right? Where, you know, we, we accept that these things do happen in these sorts of communities, in these sorts of groups, these institutions. And the idea that you would use that, you know, so brazenly, that's a huge hit to anybody trying to come out with any sort of abusive thing. Well, yeah, because now when the next thing happens, you know. Right. It's you just, know, it's, it just sucks. When this thing's just going to be sticking in everyone's mind going like, oh, well, what kind of book is this one going to be plugging in a month? Yeah. And there's and that's the other big thing, too, is the idea that uh, Georgia and the soon to be named other boyfriend that came after Seth used this incident as a means to fortify their positions in the occult community and sell books and rise on the rise to more prominence by hitching their sales to uh, the me too movement and using this to get attention and everything else, which is that thought is even more sickening. The idea that you, you effectively torched a man's reputation on a lie and then you tangibly benefited from it is even worse it's it's just another day in the occult community you know <laughs> but it to me it's crazy when you think about it like this because like people talk about the wickedest man in the world alistair crowley and it's like this motherfucker didn't do anything nearly like that <laughs> right <laughs> um I don't know. There are some questionable things Crowley did. There are, there are oh, some. No, I, I'm sorry. I'm misspeaking. I wouldn't want it because there's the, there was, there's the Regardi incident and stuff like that. So maybe there's, I don't know. Oh, well, I mean, the Regardi thing is very questionable. That's, uh, that's said a, it didn't happen. Well, I was going to say that's something that like, that's, that's way more questionable. That's less likely than the fucking getting kicked down the stairs. Oh, okay. But you know, there are some things about, some very, I don't know. I don't even want to talk about it. The point is this whole story really reeks because it's not only one using something as horrible as sexual assault as a weapon against another person that they had emotional ties to at one point. I'll say this, like they were together for a couple months. Y'all just speed run relationships into the girl. Like, you know, imagine that. Imagine you were with somebody like what? Five, six months. And then they turn around and do that. It's like, holy fucking shit. How bad was this guy? It's terrible to see that happen. It's terrible to see. It, it's terrible to see that it went on this long. But the added layers of like the, the clout chasing with it, the using of it as solidifying yourself within a community. It's just it's just really icky. Like, I don't say yeah. icky often, but that is that is like icky. That is like disturbing and horrible. Using that kind of thing and then putting your own personal proximity to a tragedy and trying to pump yourself up. Yeah. It's, and then it's, it's unconscionable. Right. And it's it's even it's even worse that once it comes out, you try to then paint yourself as a victim. Yeah. That, that would be I pretty fucking disgusting as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, do we do we want to talk about who the hell this mystery man is? It's Marco fucking Visconti. 
<laughs> All right, full disclosure, that because because we are transparent here at CMN. Uh, we talked about Marco Visconti in an episode called um, Introduction to Chaos Magic Beefs. And we kind of talked about how him and um, Gordon White, Gordon White had like a get, fucking had a hissy tiff. fit. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, who, who gives a shit, you know? Yeah, that was almost the whole point of it, is, is that as we talked about a bunch of like petty, really dumb bullshit that we shouldn't be talking about. And this is not, you know, yeah, kinda, but this situation this is, not, is that. not petty. Yeah. Yeah, this is not petty. This, this is, is horrifying. fucking disgusting. The other interaction we've had with them was um, they posted something about the Kabbalion, our favorite magical book, as our listeners know. <laughs> yeah, we, we're, we're all about the Kabbalion. It yeah, is they, the best. The two ply Kabbalion is where I'm at, you know? <laughs> Real cushy. But yeah, they they tweeted something about that and we were and they used the phrase real magicians. We responded by saying real magicians and sending them photos of like Penn and Teller and Doug Henny and, and the amazing uh, the Jonathan. Amazing, yeah, and the amazing Jonathan. R.I.P. And uh, and they they were not happy about that. Well, then the only other interaction we've had with him beyond that was he basically called us bullies and harassers and that we were like attacking him and it's like that the only time we messed with you once and it wasn't even like that it wasn't even that big of a deal <laughs> but it I, and we only bring this up to point out that uh marco has a a very long standing pattern of taking any minor thing that happens and then spinning it like people are out to get yeah him. you know his gordon white problem his uh peter gray problem his problem with everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Just every, it, it, Marco is the epitome of like, man, maybe it's you. <laughs> if everybody else has a problem with you, maybe it's you. Here's the thing. Apparently Marco and Georgia had a relationship after Seth during Georgia's, uh, uh, come down from things that had happened in the relationship. She began writing, talking about uh, the intersections of trauma and sex magic and consent and that, you know, like th things that are probably cool to write about. I, I haven't read them, but they're probably, they're, it's definitely a, a fertile ground to write about. And then he was like, well, yeah, but then Seth, Seth raped you, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that's, that's basically what it's like. He's basically saying, well, what about your ex? What about that guy that was before me? Which is like, Man, you're really going after like I, I don't like the I don't like the guy that my uh my beloved was with before me at all, but I I wasn't gonna oh Jesus Christ. It's just so it's like one, that's sick. And then two, it's been floated that his uh his issues against Seth were a lot more than just being sloppy seconds. He also was envious of his position in uh in the OTO type adjacent circles and stuff like that, because a lot of people didn't take him very seriously or, or didn't take him as seriously. And, uh, basically painting this as a, a means of that. This was to try to muscle in on his territory by torching his reputation to the ground. And then in, uh, in response as as after Georgia wrote, this wrote a, a blog of his own, basically saying that like, you know, oh, well, Seth might not have actually a, raped her, but yeah, he's like, he's he, a bad he's terrible person and he, and sucks. he sucks. And, um, 
Georgia lied to me or I never convinced anybody. Just deny, deny, deny. In fact, um, if I can find it real quick. Oh, wait, I can't because it was on medium and it is currently down. So it's it says something. What it, what was that? What did the what did that say? Uh, it was called a bullet point list of truths and falsehoods. And, you know, he just denies everything and says that it's not his fault and Sev sucks anyway. Yeah, but you can't get to it right now. It says this post is under investigation or was found in violation of the medium rules. So I, we can't blame Marco for taking it down or anything like which, you know, I, I wouldn't put past him. You know, who knows? At this point, someone could have just could been be like that. It's against their terms of service to try to double down on a false rape accusation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's fucked up. But I mean, just saying, like, I, I, a lot of people probably wouldn't take kindly to it. There is a notable article that brings, uh, it, it's very biased against Marco. So I'll just go ahead and say it's very biased against him. So there, I suppose there is the possibility that this isn't entirely him. And I don't think it is either. I think Georgia is just as much to blame, if not more so, because she's the one who made the accusation. But it, it very much paints this idea that this, this sort of maneuvering and backhanded shit is totally the brainchild of Visconti because he wanted to latch himself on to particular social justice sort of sensibilities so that he could appear like he was a moral paragon while simultaneously being a manipulative, shitty person who was uh, bitter and envious of people around him and did whatever he could to try to get some clout, try to get some attention, and just the type of sickening behavior that you'd think spiritual people would be above, but they're not. And to add more fuel to the fire, now there have been even more accusations from people that were like mods for him in his little online corners that say things like, oh, yeah, he'd throw hissy fits when you didn't give him enough attention or if you refuse to do free labor for him and stuff like that. And there's a couple screenshots from back then of him telling, telling people to go kill themselves and shitty things like that, which I don't think is like a can't, I don't think saying like kill yourself is the worst thing in the fucking world, but like it just shows a, a, a pattern of being shitty to people when he thinks that they can't come at him or when he thinks no one will call him out on it. At the same time, we see this behavior of super, super willing to wag the finger at people that he thinks he is morally above and that he can look down his nose at. Piece of shit is the point I'm making. <laughs> I just don't know how else to put it, where it's like this this was just a this really a, this was a hand grenade. This was a Molotov. This was a, a pipe bomb full of uh, magic nails. Thrown yeah. into the heart of a of a, a little circle of the occult community, and it it's just gotten on everything. Well, it's yeah, just on everybody. The, here's the problem, right? Because we're not, right? even, we're not, we're even, not done. even done. We're not even done. <laughs> so so far, well, oh, so so far. So let's yeah, let's take a bot, up, yeah, let's, Seth Seth had his reputation ruined. Peter Gray took a hit. A couple other people that I, we haven't even named took a hit. Well, that's not even touching on the ideas of the relationships that probably fell apart due to these accusations. And then Georgia comes comes by later with her uh, already empty fire extinguisher of saying, oh, my bad. Marco used this. Uh, Marco and Georgia used this to elevate themselves 
while at the same time trying to say, oh, this wasn't about getting attention, which say, like, man, if that wasn't your, if that wasn't what you were trying to do, you sure got a weird way of going about it. So Marco built himself up on it and Marco doubles down. Meanwhile, people are coming out saying Marco's a piece of shit, treats people badly and everything else. Yeah. So and where the hell could we even go from here? Where, where else? What if we told you that this incident caused an entirely separate phlegmic order to fall apart? <laughs> <laughs> so um, something we haven't mentioned about um, Dr. Van Ralt here as a academic, progressive, occult writer, Van Ralt's pretty into Babylon. Makes sense. Yeah, they and their husband, I believe, formed the Temple of Our Lady of the Abyss, which was sort of just like a, a small group of people doing what's it. You know, who cares? It's not really important. But Georgia has definitely done a lot to popularize and has written a lot about, you know, Babylon, Gnosis and such. But there are other groups that are related to that concept, though they don't exactly have the same official ties. So there was a Ecclesiastes, uh, or there was a Ecclesia Babylon, right? Which is a completely unrelated order, essentially. Yet. <laughs> Go on. I did a lot of the talking here. <laughs> well, um, so a, a certain member, a certain bishop of that group wrote to um, a prestigious educational institute, Harvard. Harvard Square. Good old Harvard, <laughs> where um, Dr. Van Ralt is currently, I believe they got a research grant or something to that effect. They're on the Harvard payroll somehow. But uh, a member of uh, Ecclesia Babylon wrote a letter to uh, Harvard to, <laughs> I don't know, I guess maybe kind of explain what was going on with the Georgia Van Ralt thing. And maybe you should... Think twice about like funding her. <laughs> yeah, maybe you shouldn't give your money to somebody who would engage in such unethical and shameless behavior. Right. Right. That kind of email. Right. That kind of email. But they signed it as a bishop of the Ecclesia Babylon. And uh, the other bishops and members of that group really didn't like that. They really, really, really didn't like that somebody who was, a, in fact, a bishop of the group, made the point that they were a bishop in an email. That, that, that's basically the rub. And it turned into such a, a shit show. It turned into such a shit show of, of ridiculous nonsense that they disbanded. Yeah, they said, screw you guys, I'm going home. Done with this. And just, <laughs> done, done. So now, <laughs> the, uh, now the, uh, the EB is no longer a thing. Just adding to the body count. A good chunk of them apparently went and um, formed another one. Another one. Which is pretty funny. You know, it's the idea. Right. It's like the J Mask is Dinosaur Jr. thing where you say the band's done, but then you call everyone up immediately <laughs> except for one guy and say, hey, you want to make a new band? That's what the Golden Dawn should have done with Crowley. They were like, no, the Golden Dawn's over. And then just called each other up and like, hey, guys, you want a new Golden Dawn? Yes. Hey, hey, hey call call Mackin and Yates. We're going to, we're going to, it's just, just nobody tell it. Just nobody tell him. Okay. <laughs> just shut up. Shut up. About it. Just don't tell him. <laughs> oh, Hey, Alistair. What are you whispering no, about? Just, uh, you, hey, hey, William. hey, you the stairs over there. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> ah, oh, I... For those keeping score, we have member of the Thelemic community, reputation destroyed, five years. We have a, another prominent occult writer. Called a, called a, a rape apologist. We have maligned occult figure number one getting in on the shit show and having a relationship with maligned occult figure number two who uses this to bolster her own career. Flash forward five years, we have maligned occult figure number two recanting their statement, possibly because somebody said that they were going to you know, out them on this. Uh, There's nothing okay. to confirm that. That's okay. just what I've heard. So, and so, that's even you know, better than the idea there. that it wasn't you could at least make the argument that it's like maybe your conscience finally got the better of you, but of course not. Nobody would, nobody goes and, and owns up to this afterwards because the guilt got to them. Clearly something forced her hand. I mean, again, allegedly. So I don't know. Maybe this was eating her up the entire fucking time. Yeah. Who knows? The point is it still happened. Um, Melinda Colt figure number one writes a whole big bullet pointed list as to why this is not their fault about how this isn't his fault and how, again, how he is once yeah. again, the, victim. how this is, this is all a vast conspiracy and he's going to sue everybody. <laughs> oh no, they're going to sue. Oh shit. Take all of this. I back. would love to get sued. I would love to get sued by Marco Visconti. That'd be fucking great. I have no money. I, <laughs> I got nothing. I mean, yeah, look, I ain't got nothing. I thought he was, well, it doesn't, it, whatever. Good. I don't even Good know luck. how the fuck he'd manage this. Marco, come to the mean streets of Chicago and we'll, we'll settle it. Queensberry <laughs> rules. <laughs> Finally, we have a completely separate organization collapsing under the drama of someone saying that they're a member and that this was bad. All right, folks, time for your addendum. In the time since we recorded this, Georgia Van Rall has resigned her fellowship. It was a fellowship. That was the word I was looking for. With Harvard, as far as Ecclesia Babylon, Bob McDonald, the founder of the order, has not given an exact reason for why the order went under. But if his Facebook post about the ending of it is any indication, it seems to have been about his own personal stress and issues of missionary work, as he calls it. At any rate, that seems to be the end of this story for now. That was all a bunch of unpleasant stuff that I think people should, you, you should be aware of this because this is just one story of many. Like this is what happens when these people get together in numbers. And why is that? Is it, this will sound weird. Is it somehow academia's fault? Is this like, is this just what like the stuffy robe types do? Like they just look down their nose and think they're better than everybody or what? Like what is going on? I don't get it. Like is, cause is this just what happens when people who join these types of orders? Because the only people that these orders appeal to are, are people that are obsessed with trying to climb somewhere. Because the, the people that I know, like, you know, we're not, we're not saints, but the people that, you know, you, you know, the people that, that I like to talk to about this stuff that I like to do work with that, you know, people that I think know what's going on, none of them are like this. <laughs> how hard is it to not, how hard is it to not be that shit of a person? Like, I'm not I, saying, again, I'm not saying uh, you'd be perfect, but this is genuinely sick behavior. Yeah. 
I think everyone has demons in their closet that they are not proud of, right? But a lot of us have them kind of... I didn't write a blog about it. But yeah, that's what I was going to say. A lot of it we relegate to our personal lives and our personal failings. We don't turn our personal failings and our personal lives into fodder for an occult order or a theological battle with people that we hate on the internet. Or an online spectacle. Right. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because we're not trying to sell a book. Maybe, maybe if we had the moment to like really fucking like grill somebody and throw them under the bus for some terrible shit because we knew it would sell us a book, maybe we'd be into it. I doubt it. I, don't I just know, don't man. understand why anyone would like. If you hear this story, if you hear the, the nonsense we've been talking about, and still think you want to go join the OTO or something. Right. Yeah. yeah it's like, like what who, is what are they going to give you at this point? False rape accusation. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, these are the prominent people of the occult in a lot of ways. These are popular names. You know, the only person in there that is someone that I wouldn't like call a, a bullshit artist con man and a hack was like Peter Gray. And I'm not even like the biggest Peter Gray fan. He's just the only one that I don't think is like human garbage. Yeah, I just just don't just. But these are the names, we, you know, we deserve we deserve a better caliber of kook in the occult community. You remember we were talking about Beleskin episodes back? Right. Where we talked like the most successful people in Thalema were people like Gunther and stuff like that because they're and Breeze, just people that have. Who can get the most grift? Yeah, who can get the most money and bullshit out of this? Like, that's what they are. If, if you're convinced that all of these fancy orders and stuff can do anything, look at the most successful people in them. Do they seem like they have anything? It, it's, it's the God problem, right? Because it's like either they're terrible magicians and they can't do anything useful, or they're good magicians and they use it just to grift and still be losers. Yep. Like they can't make themselves look interesting. They can't make anything beautiful. They can't make anything like fascinating. They can't keep no membership up. Like what can they do? What they can do is suck the blood out of each other. Yeah, exactly. What they can do is fucking stab each other in the back and throw around accusations or at best beg for money for a fucking goddamn Crowley dream house. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry to bring it back to that. Like, you're, we're a broken record on the fucking, you know, Beleskin and shit like that. It all comes back to the same problem. These orders, these people, these communities are all fucking full of shit, and none of them seem to have anything worth a damn. So what's the solution? Is it to just, <sighs> you, do we, I, to me, I can tell you what I think the solution is. Go for it. Join the CMN Discord. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I, I genuinely think that two, well, I have two thoughts. One, these longstanding orders need to just keep schisming and schism and schism and schism and schism and schism. Well, schism. I mean, no, apparently not because, you know, fucking Ecclesia Babylon was like, what? Like, it's only like four or five years old. Oh, no, no. I'm just saying that if this just happens long enough and things just keep burning to the ground over and over again, people will be a, so dispersed that maybe we have some ground to get somewhere again. And beyond that, it's just try to find people that you genuinely have a connection with. Be open, honest, compassionate, understanding, and loving of the people that are around you. 
support the people that are doing work around you, not just in the idea of like, oh, well, they're doing woo-woo, so I should, I should like them. Figure out who this person is and say, I see what you're doing, and I want to I wanna be there because you succeeding is me succeeding, you know? You doing well is, is me doing well, and I want to help you get there. If you can't carry that mentality, you don't need to be around these people, you know? If the people you're around don't inspire you, don't elevate you, what's the point? And the problem is, is that's hard. You can't just show up, put your $10 donation at the door, and then go, for the, go into the Gnostic mass. You have to actually learn about people, and you have to be willing to uh, understand people. And maybe it's shitty of me to, to talk about compassion and understanding while I just spent the last 20 minutes shit-talking people that I've never had a, a genuine conversation with. But I've spoken to Van Ralt before. Uh, like yeah. on Facebook, but yeah, yeah, no, we were, we're again, we were in, in the, we were in the same kind of groups and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's fine. She was, she's fine enough to have a conversation with, I guess, you know, well, this wasn't fine. I don't really care for her work. I don't, <laughs> but you know, like that's, that's almost the point too, is like, this was someone that a lot of people really liked and respected. I always thought they were semi mediocre. Sometimes they were fun. You know, I was supportive, I guess, before this you will you will be much more satisfied with yourself if you have four or five people that you can genuinely stand. And I think we've said stuff to this effect than you will having a, a crowd of uh, gibbering morons who are falling on your every word. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah. Or worse yet, you know, you'll be happier than you are. You'll be happier in a smaller circle of, of people who are honestly trying to do something than you will in a room full of sharks who are all very interested in making a buck. I think this sort of goes into our, our palate cleanser for the episode. So maybe I'll just go ahead and ask it. Uh, how goes the work? I am on to the ceremonial magic section of Libra K, and uh, it's, it's going pretty good. I did a, a renewal of the oath I took before I started it. I want to say I did it when I started the shamanic section. I, I'm just going to try to do a, a, a renewal of the oath every time I finish one. And I've just had a lot going on where when I, when I started the, the, the very first section, I moved three different times in a year <laughs> and then things stabilized, but you know, other things got in the way. And then a lot of, a lot more of my time went into doing the podcast. So things were slow going, but in a way, the ceremonial, while it might be the most ornate because you have to literally do like ceremonial magic, it's also the one that you have the most fun with and the one that you have. And because you can create ornate rituals, it gives you the most freedom in the weird way. So I'm hoping that one will go a lot faster and maybe I'll be wrong and it'll take for fucking ever again, but we'll see. <laughs> How goes your work? <sighs> well. Um, this sort of answers uh, what I think we should do about that situation. Each magician must determine for himself his own grimoire, but this is only possible after such a person has advanced very far in the magical discipline. He must be able to translate himself literally into a grimoire. He must be able to make a grimoire as his own image in the same way we understand that the Bible says that God made man in his own image. All other magical works fail unless we are able to use this principle. That's Bertio. Yep. Michael Bertio. You, know you know how I know that? How? You sent me the quote earlier. 
Air horn, air horn, air horn. You know, I, I'm not saying that you don't need other people to do magic, but, you know, you also don't need other people to do magic. I think a what lot about of the magic what, of this podcast. Of course, this wouldn't work without you, bud. This is the, first the nicest time I've ever been to you yeah, on this podcast. You normally like let me replace him with an AI or. Oh, uh, well, listen. no, I could definitely do it with an AI, too. In fact, <laughs> it may be better. I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will f- spread so many false accusations. <laughs> you, the, You'll never whole, recover. <laughs> this whole podcast will come crumbling down on your head. <laughs> yeah, no, I. I. I I think that's where my work is right now, trying to build a system out of all of the things that I've done at this point. I must create a system or be enslaved by another. Yeah, you know what the problem with that is, though? You and what? I both know that. Yeah, yeah, he's wrong. <laughs> Loss is wrong. That's the point of Jerusalem, <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, um... But the point being that, like, yeah, I I think that's sort of where my head's at, where my work is at. And that really is what I think is lacking in the occult right now to begin with, is that there's so many people that are really, really interested in playing around with other people's systems or trying to get other people to play around with their system. And not in a way that it's like, hey, I'm going to teach you something, but in a way that it's just aesthetics i guess maybe it's magical aesthetic it's deciding how you're what what kind of magic vibe you want this week no one's interested in the real work they just want they want something they want the magical consumerism is what they want they want someone to give you a book that can be your paradigm for a month you know when we talked about um how everyone's a chaos nowadays whether they realize it or admit it or not that's part of the problem i think is that so many people are willing to without even actively thinking about it. They'll just, they see new magical ideas and that's their paradigm and they go with it. And none of them have ever decided, I mean, you know, not none of them, I'm being hyperbolic, but too many of them just do that and they don't actually ever think about what they're really trying to accomplish. And when you do that sort of stuff, of course you become fodder for flavor of the month occultism people and, you know, parasocial relationships with, other magic people so you know maybe maybe worry about your own shit and you know if if nothing else if you actually make a decent magical system you can try to grift with it later (laughs) well and that's the thing i guess is that if you do build something unique that is really worth sharing people will find it whether you're trying to sell it or not whether the people are worth it or not. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, well, with that said, this has been Chaos Magic News. The only podcast that is creating its own podcasting system <laughs> that you can be a part of for four payments of 9.95. As always, if you are part of Marco Visconti's legal team, you can find us at chaosmagicnews.com <laughs> where we'll have links to the pod, links to our interview series, which we've got a couple more coming down the pipeline soon from some really, really cool people. Also, the occasional article. We're going to try to start getting more articles out, but some things yep. just go to the wayside, sadly. We've, 
We've also got a Facebook page, an Instagram, a Threads, a Twitter, a TikTok, where we will be posting episode clips and the occasional funnies because we got some goofy ideas that we think would be really entertaining for you, give you a cheap laugh and get that algorithm dollar. And also, the podcast is on YouTube now. So uh, yeah, if you're if listening you're not, to this yeah. on YouTube, hit that like button and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, be sure to hit that. You know, leave a smash comment. Smash <laughs> that subscribe button into a million pieces. Put those pieces in a sack. Throw them into the ocean and never admit where you were on this dreaded, dreaded night. And ring that bell. <laughs> yeah, uh, and the bell will tell you like notifications or something. I don't know. I don't understand how YouTube works. I don't know how YouTube works. I didn't go to school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smarter than you, though. I read a book. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, oh, God. And uh, you know what? I'm just going to say this too. For everybody that is listening, thank you. you the, the support that we do get for doing this show is, it's, uh, you know, I won't pretend that we're, we're, we're just, oh, this, every one of these things is doing numbers. But even the, the small comments from you guys and the occasional like, hey, I really liked this one, you know, it, it means the world to us. It really does. So thank you for listening. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. You are the reason we do this. Till next time. Nope, because we have one more thing. What's that? Dijon Sanders, would you like the last word? Uh, Actually, yeah, I would. If you would just give me a second. I believe it is. Here it comes. Oh, he did the thing. Hey. Oh, no. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. That is a clown with some titties. <laughs> That's not news at all. This is news at all. <laughs> These are titties. What I go... I never Why thought I go looking clown for titties? Titty, I never thought clowntitty.com would sink so low as to put this kind of <laughs> vulgarity in front of me and go into a trusted news source. <laughs> oh boy.